preaching my sermon. I declare, y'all must have a mic on me. <laughs> and y'all know what songs to preach, to say, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad that you're here. We got visitors here. We welcome all of our visitors. Amen. God be praised for you. To those that are watching live, we thank God for you, for your support, for watching and telling others about the ministry. Hallelujah. Well, we might as well get started. Amen. We're on the 19th sermon of this series. When the battle, and I know the within, <laughs> in your mind and attitude. Because the devil attacks here. And, and it really doesn't matter who you are, how educated you are, your battle, my battle, where the devil wages war is here. Yes. Now he may use outside things to get you out of your equilibrium. But he's trying to get into your emotions, your feelings, your thinking, and he's hoping that he can so get us out of alignment with God that it changes the position of our heart. Hallelujah. He, he uses the same tactics that God tries to lift us higher, but he does it to tear us down. Our scripture that we're going to use this morning helps us in understanding what I am talking about. It is Paul who is talking to the church of Corinth, and he was letting them know I'm coming and I'm coming in the power of the word of God to bring into captivity your thinking. Now I says, if he can do it from the outside, that means I and you can do it on the inside. It reads as such, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2 Corinthians, excuse me, I'm already hyped. For though we walk, we that is live in the flesh, though we are human, though we live in this environment, though we are under these conditions, outside conditions, we are not carrying on our warfare because we all are in warfare according to the flesh, according to the world system. We, we don't win fighting Satan in his territory. You, you can't win that battle when you get back. You, you can't win holding an attitude. You can't win, well, they did it, so I did it tit for tat. Both of you are in Satan's arena, and he's winning. Let me just say this. 
all of life is spiritual. Everything you do in life, the words you say is spiritual. You don't turn it on and turn it off. It's in play all the time. Y'all might as well sit down. Y'all might as well sit down. <laughs> Y'all might as well sit down. I'm already preaching. It's in play all the time. The words, our attitude is going to affect you for bad or good sooner or later. How can I say this? Talking to to number of people, talk to a number of people, and 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 they were talking about, well, I got this, I I'm going through this emotion, I'm going through, and I started talking about the peace of God, and this is what they said back to me. You mean to tell me I don't have to live like this? You mean to tell me? that my thought process and my emotions and me being all over the place, I thought that this is just the way life is. I thought that we just had to endure. But don't think that's out of balance because we got some folks sitting up here right now that's how they live life and they think it's normal for the Christian. And I want you to know that Jesus came to give you freedom, that you don't have to be up under that bondage, up under that oppression, up under those insecurities, up under that weight. Worried about what other people are saying, and it really doesn't matter what other people think about you, as long as you know what God says about you. We, we all are coming out of that into, we've been, Colossians said, we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, which means that my thinking, my attitude, the weight of what used to hold me down don't hold me no more. I'm learning to be free. Oh. I gotta understand my story. I come from the streets. I was so bound, so bound. I found myself one day walking in the hallway of upstairs of my parents' house, back and forth like a caged animal. And I can't even tell you how long I was doing it, angry. And I stopped and said, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? What are you doing this for? I was on edge, primed to kill somebody. The weight of it, the oppression of it, not even knowing it wasn't normal. But hold on, you, you may not be to that degree, but there's degrees of this. 
And, and, if, and if we're not careful, you can be saved and still in bondage. The process of God saving me, then processing me, was learning. I didn't have to walk in that. That, that wasn't what God had for me. That there is a more of abundant life because that is where Satan kills, steal, and destroy us is that our thinking of our own minds up under depression, oppression of demonic thinking. Let me, let me make this clear. Demonic thinking is when you think of something other than what God says. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. It's when we hold any, pro, any, any principles, any thoughts that is opposed or against to what God's word says. And we take that as truth over God's word. Can, can, I, can I be honest with you? All of us deal with that. Part of it is we don't know how to work the word in order to win the battle. God took me through a process of three and a half years. Just me and him, I'm divine the word. We pray three or four times a day, talking to God all day long writing poetry in order before he said, go to church. I'll tell everybody, get saved, go to church. And me, God said, you ain't ready for church. You got too much hell in you. <laughs> what I teach is what I've been through, what I know, what God has taught me through the word of God. I'm not telling you this as, as, as uh, uh, this word. No, no, I'm talking. This saved my life. And God's trying to save our lives and keep on saving it. That's why I'm so passionate about this. I understand how deep it can go. He says, though we walk and live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare. And it is warfare according to the flesh, which are mere, he says, what he's saying, in the spiritual realm where all of us are part of, that are surrounded by, that are, we are affected by and influenced by mere human technique, wisdom, understanding does not work. I don't care how smart you are. There's some educated. <laughs> Spiritual wisdom is different. He says, he says, he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical. They are not carnal. They are not flesh and blood, body-wise, but they are mighty, righteous, mighty before God because it is of God. It's being tapped into God your Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and you, and you are using the power 
power that God has given us because whether you believe it or not, you are powerful. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are powerful. You are powerful. Ephesians chapter 1 starts off, and he says, he says, he says, to the saints at Ephesus, he don't say to the sinners saved by grace. And we run around saying that. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says if you are saved, you are now a saint. It, it, is, it is a place of position because God has placed his spirit in you. God no longer calls you a sinner, though you may sin sometimes. Your status is you have positionally been changed. You have spiritually been changed. You are not what you used to be. You've been born again. God has called you from being a sinner with what, if you don't know Jesus, that's what you are. Listen, it's not what you do, it's who you are. And you sin because you are that. Now, if you are in Christ Jesus, been born again of the Holy Spirit, you are a saint that don't know how to walk in your power yet, so you sin sometimes. The whole status of who you are has changed. God don't see you the same, even if you act the same. Our thinking has to catch up with what God has done. The saddest person in the world is not the sinner that don't know God. The saddest person in the world is the saint who acts like and behaves like they don't know him. Let me explain why. When I was out there doing what I was doing, the way I was doing it, as much as I wanted to do it, my fear wasn't feeling bad about what I was doing. It was getting caught. <laughs> Only by God's grace I didn't get caught. God was keeping me by his mercy till his grace could catch me. That's all of us. Grace was chasing you. Mercy was keeping you until grace got a hold of you. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. It was God all the time. I just didn't know it. It was God all the time. We just didn't know it. Our thinking ought to be changing by the power of the word of God. You, you got to change the way you talk to yourself. It's a speak over and pray over others. Right now, I used to do this with I used to do this with Britt when he was a little baby, my son. I used to speak into his spirit. Before he could talk, 
while he was a little baby. I used to do it. I mean, he was in a carrier. I used to speak to him, love God, God loves you. A couple years ago, he said, Dad, I remember you used to tell me, God loves me, love God. And I turned around and said, Britt, you can't remember. I used to do that before you was talking. I used to do that when I had you in the care, taking you to the babysitter. Said, Dad, I remember. Listen, it's not his mind that remember. It's his spirit that speaks to his mind. Let me, let me give you another one. I didn't do everything. It was stuff the Lord, the Lord told me to do that I didn't understand how to do it. I was teaching him how to sleep in his room by himself. So he would come in our room. I said, come on, Britt, let's go back in your room. I would take him by the hand. I would put him back in bed. I would lay my hand on him, and I would pray over him. And I would sit there till he goes to sleep. Then about two years ago, he said, Dad, said, I never told you this. I never told nobody this. So Britt, forgive me for telling. <laughs> I didn't ask permission. I usually ask permission. He said, I still pray that. He's 32 years old. He said, I still pray that prayer you prayed over me. Then he hit me with another. He said, and I pray it in your voice. I got a question. What words have you left in your kids? We are speaking into them. We are speaking over them. And some of us need to go back and apologize. Because what we spoke into their spirit has affected them negatively because we have spoken negatively into them. Words are spirit. Words are spirit. But what we don't understand is, check this out. What comes out of your mouth, even though it is meant to affect others, Guess what? It brings damage into you. Okay, let me let me prove it. Somebody don't believe me. Somebody don't believe me. Okay, okay, okay. Let me find it. Here we go. Here we go. Proverbs 18, 20. Proverbs 18, 20. It'll come up. Somebody says, speak the word. So turn to your neighbor and say, speak the word. Speak the word of God. Look what this says. 18, 20, do I got that right? Amplified. Give it to me in the amplified. Is that the amplified? A man's moral self shall, oh yeah, shall be filled with the fruit. No, hold on, you speak seed. Words, when you speak them, are seeds. But they end up as fruit. What, what do you do with fruit? You eat it. You eat it. Watch this, watch this. 
of his mouth. Listen, of your own mouth. Huh. How many people want to take back some of the stuff you done said in your life already? <laughs> we, 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 we don't understand spiritual principles. And when you don't understand spiritual principles, we fall right into the trap of Satan. He said, and the consequences of, of his words I said, he must be satisfied. He will be filled of. I said, good or evil. You know what this tells me? I have to be careful with what I say. To others, about others. Hold on, hold on. Wait, let me, oh, Lord, you want me to say that? Okay, let me say this. Gossipers do more damage to themselves than the people you gossip about. According to this verse, I'm planting reverse seeds. But hold on, what's if, if I speak good of false? If I pour a good season in the other one, you know what God is doing? He's taking a portion of what I'm speaking and planting it into my life. The word of God is true. It is God, and, and the Greek word is never used in this before. It's God breathed. It's, it's used one time, and it speaks of that God has of his mind and of his heart. He has... Which means that my opinion, your opinion, what you think, what I think, has no power over this. And God says this, he says, to the weight you give to my word is the weight I give back to you. You know what I realize? Our God is a bad God. <laughs> Our God is so awesome that the more I see his principle, the more I stand in all of him, and the more I say, Lord, forgive me. I just did not know. So, Lord, help me correct. Now that you have shown me, you know what? I'm going to give you some more principles. These are just principles. Just, just help me. If you don't eat what's already on your plate, <laughs> remember as a kid, you wanted to get to the dessert? In fact, you wanted the dessert first. And mama or grandmama said, until you eat what's on your plate, and that they gave you grace, you don't have to eat all of it, just eat some of it. Then you get grandma chocolate cake, or cobbler, or whatever. 
God is saying to you and I, you know what's on your plate. You know what I'm saying to you. And until you change your mind and your heart about what I'm saying, you're not going to taste what I have for you. That's what the scripture says. It says, taste and see. You know, you know what? To taste means there's action in it. There is the picking up of the food and putting it in your mouth. Right now, my grandson, he, he, if you try to put it in his mouth, he'll look at you and say, mm-mm. He, he wants you to either put it down, put it in, then he reaches and he puts it in his own mouth. He literally would turn his head on you if you try to feed him. But my question is, is, is this, if we don't reach down and eat and apply and begin to take actions of faith, why would God put anything else on our plate? The same principles that we have adopted really came from God. But we want God to put it in our mouth, chew it for us, and swallow it for us. There is a a response to God. There, there, There is that when he says something to you, when he says something to me, he's waiting on a yes from us. And he keep on speaking it until we say yes. And if we, and if we, and if, and if we don't eventually say yes, God quits speaking. It's almost as though God says, you know, why should I say anything? You already know what it is. It's a dangerous thing not to have a higher revelation from God. Listen, listen, listen. Especially when you go through the store, what keeps you engaged in God is that you got a revelation that is beyond your right now. Hallelujah. Uh, See, let let me talk to somebody going through the storm. What God will give you he was set before you the joy he has for you in your future down here. Listen to David. I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Some of us have lost hope. Some of us has given up. Sometimes the only thing that keeps you on track God has put something in your spirit letting you know that the way it is right now is not going to be the way it always will be. That God has something that he's prepared for you in your future. I tell you what you need to do. Keep speaking it. Keep saying it. Keep it in your mouth. Keep dreaming it. Don't let go of what God has said to you. It's a battle. 
It's a battle to trust God. It's a battle to believe God. It's a battle to hold on. It's a battle. But God has given us everything we need to stand. Joshua, my servant, Moses, is dead. God would turn from dead things to live things without blinking an eye. As great as Moses was, as awesome as he used Moses, God went, Moses is dead. Joshua, step up. <laughs> you know what? Some of us are holding on to dead things that we need to let go of. Listen, 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 listen. God is not bringing back alive things that refuse to come alive. God is saying, I, I, I'm turning. How, how can I say this as a Christian? Don't let God turn from you because you won't be obedient to the now. We can get caught up in our stubborn, self-willed, determined and if we're not careful God said I will not suffer forever and God will begin you know no I discover when God begins to turn he don't stop He's God. Turn to your neighbor and say, He's God. He's God. Hold on. And then I'm going to sit there and demand of God who created everything, who knows me better than myself, and demand my own way? Shoot, that didn't even feel good coming out. But we do that. God says, if you keep my word in your mouth. You know what? You know, you know what I discover? You don't have to start off, off with faith. Start off with obedience. You do it just because he said do it. And if you keep on saying it, Joshua, what, what, what I said to you, I'm going to do. I'm going to do it to you. And keep my word in your mouth. Meditate. Think about it. Keep speaking it over and over again to yourself. 
Speak it to others and let them speak back to you. You have to guard what God has put in you. And if you're around folks that's not speaking the same thing, hold on, 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 hold on. You need to come off of social media and don't worry about the dislikes you have about something you have posted. They, they, they said it. You got to get to the point, it doesn't matter what other folks say about you, think about you. Just make sure it's not true. Listen, they didn't create you. They don't know nothing about you. And the only one that can stop you from raising you is you. You need to look at yourself and say, I am what God says I am. I can do all that God says I can do. You may not know it, but I know it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need to speak into your situation. Wait a minute. It don't make sense for me to be worrying about all of this. Worry can't change nothing. My Lord, my Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And he said if I keep my mind stayed on him, he would keep me in perfect peace. Just because you haven't tried it, don't mean it's not real. Let me, let me challenge somebody. Trying. I dare you to trying. And you will discover that our Lord, our Jesus, will do exactly what he said he would do. Do I have any witnesses in the house? Some of us are too churchy. You need to get into a relationship with the living Lord. Been in church all your life. Your testimony, I've been here for 99. So what? Have Jesus gotten in you? Do you know him? Talk to Bobby Smith not too long ago on the phone. Strong, so strong through all. He been unbelievably strong. There's a whole lot I could say, but I'm not gonna say it. The one that I wanna say, this is what he said to me. He said, he said, well, I was built for this. Then he said, I know in whom I believe. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not in what? In whom? That's personal relationship. That's not religion. 
That's not church affiliation. That's knowing Jesus for yourself. I know in whom I believe. And I know he's faithful to keep everything. Everything. Everything I have committed into his hands. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The problem is not that Jesus is found lacking. The problem is he hasn't been found tried. The plate is set of all the promises of Jesus. Heaven is our home and our destiny. And we're more concerned about what the world thinks, about what the world has, about what people think. We're more looking at folks than we are Jesus. We're eating from the devil's plate. John chapter 10, verse 9, he says, he says, I'm the good shepherd. He said, and my sheep eat from my pasture. You know what he's saying? I'm trying to feed you, but you won't eat. There's football fields that's made out of astral turf. Thank you. Whatever. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. If you release sheep in there, they can't survive off of eating that green stuff because it's not real. What you feeding yourself in your mind and in your heart, is it real? I'm almost done. What I realized is that when John says in chapter 2, he says all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. If I was to break that down, it's me, 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 all about me, 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 me. Selfishness. I'm the center of my own life. And all that's important is When that is true in our thinking, in our attitude, in our lives, we are the poorest of Christians. And nothing will ever satisfy you. The funny thing is when you forget about you and begin to make it about him. <laughs> oh. When, when, we, when we begin to say, Lord, yeah. 
I'm letting go of me and I'm catching hold of you because I recognize you're the best thing that ever could happen to me. Oh, I, I want to talk to somebody. You may be going through a whole lot, but won't he give you joy in the midst of the storm? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to talk to somebody. This is personal. I'm stuttering. Won't he, won't he, with tears running down your eyes, make joy come up in the midst of your crying, and the next thing you know that you are shouting hallelujah because he is just that good. Is there anybody? No, my Jesus. Is there anybody that have tasted of his goodness and you know for yourself he's just that good? I mean, he's good on your bad day. He's good on your good day. He's just good, 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 good. Oh, 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 oh. He'll wake you up in the midnight hour just to spend time with you. He'll let you know I got you. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm more than the world against you. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Paul says, when you compare any argument, anything against Jesus, it falls short. Well, I'm beginning to realize we either believe him at his word Oh, we don't. Amen. No, God's not going to come down and rationalize with me. He's not going to come down. But he lays before us who he is. Then he says, you either trust me or you don't. I want to take you to the next level. But I require, I require you to trust me and who I have proven myself to be. I won't take you. We struggle. What's this? Not with not with that he hasn't been good. <laughs> we struggle with. Should I let go of what I think I have? Or do I become empty so that he can fill me? Hold on. What you think you have Sooner or later, you're going to discover it's nothing. 
But when you let go and ask him to help you to let go and let him come in, he will sweep in. He will sweep in. And you will begin to say, I was made to be in your presence. And it becomes the best thing you could ever experience. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's him. He's the lover of our souls. He's the giver of our life. He has for you purpose and destiny. He knows what he made you to be. And no one can do it but him. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. More than you can imagine. Now give God some praise. Those that are watching. Those that are watching. He loves you more than you can imagine. You was made to be filled with him by his spirit that you would know that he created you and have purpose for you. But you got to first place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and know that he got you. He loves you. You can ask him right where you are, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I give my life to you. I believe that you died for me and rose for me. So today, Lord, you can call the 400 number, 5131, and someone will get back with you. In the house, got ministers over here. And maybe you're not sure. Maybe you don't know. Or maybe you do know you haven't accepted him. They will pray with you. They will talk with you so that you can leave out of here today. Today, no, I'm saved. I'm his. He loves me.